0: fifth line mike todd here in arena host
1: for your columbus blue jackets and you're listening to the subjectively speaking podcast and now here's jeremy paul and laura norman
0: what is up everyone and welcome to another edition of subjectively speaking my name is jeremy
1: and i'm laura
0: and laura i don't know about you but when you said that we had to talk about hockey on this episode because you know hockey podcast right um i did make a drink because i knew that we were going to be talking about <laughs> the hockey that the blue jackets have played in the last few days and so um i felt that it was best that i approached the topic with um with a vodka crayon at cape cod if you will
1: i mean i think that that is an appropriate uh approach to the last couple of uh we're gonna call them situations. I wouldn't even really call them uh games. We're just gonna call the last two blue jacket situations. Um cause they were uh the one the one was uh interesting and the other one was underwhelming. So you know
0: yeah, I mean, the Blue Jackets played two teams they haven't played since the year 2020, uh-huh. in both Ottawa and Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, of course, coming first. Probably the one that you're, like, most excited for if you're a Blue Jackets fan, because you think about, like, the rivalry of that, at least from the Columbus perspective. I don't know that Pittsburgh fans necessarily deem it a rivalry, and that's probably fair. But uh, that ends up probably being the more exciting of the two games. Uh, but it also... <laughs> It just like it just I always get nervous. So obviously me, Grand Rapids, Laura, other plans that involved her being at the game, but like other plans for the tickets that we normally use. So I sold the tickets and I always get so scared that it's gonna go to a Penguins fan. And thankfully Laura told me that they didn't. So I feel really absolved because I was really nervous about it. But I always hate going to games at home against Pittsburgh, especially when we're not great, because uh Pun intended. Guess what flocks
1: in? Yeah. Um, so, so as Jeremy just said, I was at the game on Friday um, against Pittsburgh. I had had purchased tickets. Normally, I would use our the season tickets that are available to me when for, via Jeremy, um, but at the time, I was supposed to be taking more than one other person with me to this game. So I had purchased additional tickets um for the pens game and which ironically were in the section right beside our normal section and literally one row up. So I had like pure, like straight shot to where our normal to view where our normal seats are. And as Jeremy said, anytime basically anytime we sell um the our tickets um we're always nervous that we're selling them to someone who is not a blue jackets fan not that we don't want um other fans to come to our arena and experience just not in know, our
0: seats just, just not, not in seed our seats and that particularly not.
1: not pens fans like just just not pens fans um, so i was very i was very excited to be able to text jeremy and tell him that there were two Blue Jacket diehards sitting in our regular seats. I almost, I was kind of tempted to go up to them and say, thank you for buying the tickets. Um, but then I thought that they would have thought I was a weirdo being like, these are normally my seats and you bought them. And I'm so happy you're Blue Jackets fans. Um,
0: yeah, they might have reacted because- to that.
1: You think they would have reacted poorly to that?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it would have been weird. I didn't do it. So, it just it I, the thought crossed my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we'll get to the game, the game part of it, but I think just what was so disappointing. And I mean, there's nothing you can do about it on a whole, I guess, except for the fact that, like, it would be nice if situations like this brought more Blue Jackets fans to the arena. Or, you know, because the number I've been, I've only ever been to one other Pens game with at home. And it was very early on in me being a fan. Um, and this one was very different because the the sheer number of penguins fans that were in nationwide arena was so much more than I've ever experienced. To the point where I was explaining to Jeremy, because the person that I brought with us with me to the game, this was their very first hockey game. So, like, there's a lot of questions and answers when you bring someone to to their very first hockey game, especially when they're going with someone who makes, um, you know, part of her professional and personal life fully hockey. So like, there's a lot of chit chat. So it got to the point where like, if I missed something that happened on the ice and, and someone cheered, you could not tell which, which side was cheering. Like, you couldn't tell if it was Penn's fans or if it was... That's how equal in number they were. Um, And naturally, that felt even more so as things started to disintegrate in the third period, which we'll talk about. But it just was really... And obviously, (laughs) never want to tell anyone how to fan. Never want to, like... It just was such a bummer. It was such a bummer because I feel so I feel so passionately about this team and these situations and home games, even when we're doing terribly, like it is a place that I feel very comfortable in. And it just didn't it it was just so upsetting kind of to like have that energy in this situation and not that the game could have turned out any different like who knows if it would have turned out any differently but like it just was a kind of one of my first ever like bummer experiences in nationwide seeing a game at home to have that circumstance and you know it was also like I saw a lot (laughs) kind of from both sides but like a lot from Pittsburgh fans just like a lot of really unfortunate interactions as well um, which I know happens in sports, but, like, kind of just unnecessary behavior, regardless of who, you know, I saw a grown man tol- tell one of the elderly ushers to fuck off, because he told him that he wasn't allowed to go up to his seat, because play was actively in motion, like, and he just pushed past him, and, like, It just, it was a weird game. It was one of the weirder experiences that I've had at the arena. And it just sort of bummed me out. And it it made me sad for the experience that um, our friend Trevor, I mean, he really enjoyed the game. He enjoyed learning about the game, wants to come back to a game. And obviously he didn't know any better, like, for what the experience should have been. But yeah, I was bummed. I was bummed on Friday.
0: So if you're still listening to the show and not super depressed <laughs> about. <laughs> I'm sorry. About game, um, I think it, 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 it just takes me back to like days of blue jackets past. Like there were games where like they were truly away games, like especially like when the jackets were really, really not doing well, where they like <laughs> were losing these games seven to two regularly it just felt like sometimes, I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't equal. It was, you were, you were an away fan in your own arena. And that was wild because especially in a year where they're not doing well, I mean, you know, again, like we said, like we sold, like I sold the tickets and normally this season, a ticket wouldn't go for more than face value. But this one, (laughs) this one did because like, like we said, like the, Blue Jackets fans like take advantage of it. And instead of being in the arena when they can be like, I get it if you're in a situation like me where you can't use your tickets, but try to make sure they go to Blue Jackets fans if you can. There's a whole thing about like defend nationwide arena during that time where it was like, the Jackets just like always felt like, and they're even still like, even when the Jackets are doing well, there are some teams that do travel really well and that do Bring quite the contender to Nationwide. I mean, I even think about yeah. You, know, you just think of, of Rangers games, which we've got one of those coming up. I think that they travel really well. Like I think that Sabres fans, oddly enough, which makes zero sense, travel really well. Like I don't know. It's just a lot of confusion. Well, and
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's and, just, what are you gonna do?
1: And out of you know, out of out of four and a half years, I guess I've, I I. I can say I feel really lucky that. Spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I'm spoiled that this is the the first time. I mean, I'm spoiled in general. They're barely I-
0: under 500. Like they're barely under 500. Like I watch Blue Jackets teams that like literally, <laughs> like, like this team is objectively better than last year. It's like and it's still.
1: Yeah um you know i'm i'm 100% spoiled in a lot of ways as someone who has regular access to tickets um and who has not had many of these experiences like i've i've not had many of these experiences at nationwide where i felt like we were truly outnumbered in our own in our own arena and you know, you know obviously like pens fans will travel well it's like what three hours to get to Pittsburgh from Columbus so like you know that's not a hard drive plus it was a a Friday night so like it really probably wasn't you know take the afternoon off work and come to Columbus but you know it just was one of those things where it's like and I don't want to relish on it anymore but like it just was a bummer and hopefully we don't have you know many more situations like that but in a in a rebuild in a situation where the team is not doing well you know it's hard for those i don't want to call them fair weather fans but like fans that really rely on that like really rely on the team when they're when they're doing well and like not everyone you know wants to go and watch their team lose like or watch their team struggle so that i understand as well but so it was an unfortunate circumstance but in all reality, the Blue Jackets did not play terribly on Friday. Like, for the first two periods, the Blue Jackets were very evenly matched with the Penguins. Um, you know, in the first period... Sorry, I normally have it pulled up. But in, you know, in the first period, like, we, you know, it was pretty good. Granted, they did score within the first minute of the first period. uh, So that was, I, you know, looked over at the friend that I brought with me and I was like, so that's not necessarily like a great sign, but. The bar is on the floor. (laughs) Exactly. We started really well Um, down
0: by a goal only seconds into the game.
1: (laughs) But you know, then you know, we came back, Gus Nyquist gets um, an unassisted shorthanded goal. He's now leading the NHL in shorthanded goals, which is, you know, we got to relish in those moments that the Blue Jackets are like positively leading something. Um, and it was a really great, it was a really great goal. It really felt, you felt the team kick back into like, you know, it it kicked things off for them. And, you know, when you're teaching someone about the game, like, and especially about a specific team, you you like to talk about those moments where it's like, the first goal is r- has in the last four years always been very important for the Blue Jackets team, regardless of who was on it. The makeup of this team depends a lot on when that first goal comes and it can really change the perspective of a game.
0: I'll challenge you a little bit because I would say it's, it's actually in the opposite. (laughs) The blue jackets this year when they're winning and they score the first goal usually lose. And when they don't score the first goal, they usually win. So it's actually Well, I didn't say that it
1: necessarily like was positive. A lot of things depend on when that first goal comes.
0: This year's been weird though. I don't know. I hear what you're saying. Like I get it. I just I for them, like it just like it doesn't even matter, I feel (laughs) like. This year, I Well, I don't in, know. This, Maybe that's
1: because- in this particular game, I guess, the first goal felt like a, you know, a, we got things back on track. Like they were struggling a little bit. They really needed to get that first goal and they were kind of back in their rhythm and they were because Gus gets that goal and then Boone Jenner gets his 16th goal of the season and we were feeling like pretty good. Feeling pretty good, up to one. And then that little asshole, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Just although it was really interesting. I mean, obviously there's you know, like you said, the pens may not see playing us as much a, as much of a rivalry, but like obviously the blue jackets fans do. And you know, Sidney Crosby takes a lot of shit when he comes to nationwide, regardless of what happens. He took a couple penalties um, during this game and got mercifully like booed in the penalty box. Um, like, you know, so he takes a lot of shit, but he also scored a hat trick in this game. So, you know, he got his cake in the end. Um But yeah, you know, Sidney Crosby comes back, ties up the game um, at the very end of the first period and, you know, go into the second period. And as every good Blue Jacket fan knows, Blue Jacket or second periods, anything could happen. They can go well. I will never say they can go really well because that's not a thing. They can go well or they can completely fall off the rails or nothing can happen. And essentially nothing happened because no, no goals were scored during the second period. Um, some pretty good goal. Um, some pretty good, you know, in the network by Jonas Corpusalo, um, but pretty inactive second period. And so you go into the third period thinking, okay, anybody's game. And immediately shit felt like shit, shit hit the fan. Um and you know, pretty quickly the pens, you know, go up one. And, you know, the Blue Jackets are fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and trying to get that next goal. Um and Sidney Crosby gets his second goal of the evening on a power play, um, which was an unfortunate circumstance for us. Like it was a penalty that we shouldn't have taken like just a stupid penalty um, that gets Sidney Crosby that, that second goal. And then in, you know, a last stitch effort to try and tie up the game again, we pull Jonas Corpusalo, um to get a sixth skater on the ice. And it was a very frustrating circumstance because, like, the people that were on the ice at the time just – did not get to this puck in time, and Sidney Crosby gets an empty net, third goal of the evening, um, and a shower of hats onto the ice at Nationwide Arena for uh, his hat trick, and the Blue Jackets end up losing to the Penguins 5-2 on Friday night. So, it was a rough run. A a rough one. Um and and kind of, you know, kind of a bummer after. You know, I guess it's part of a rebuild though. Like coming not again, not that the game against Philadelphia, like we talked about, was like this astronomical incredible performance, but it was a much better performance and it shined, you know. It put some momentum in certain areas. And then to come immediately to play this game against Pittsburgh and just to sort of have things slip through our fingers towards the end um, was frustrating. So, yeah, I don't know I mean,
0: any- it's just, again, right? It's like you can play really solid hockey for 40 minutes. And then if you don't. <laughs> the remainder of it right like it's just you you lose it and i mean sydney crowd he's gonna get his that's the kind of player he is it just it's just disappointing right like to to put yourself in that situation i mean even at the end of the second period the blue jackets leading in expected goals but just not able to convert uh on some quality opportunities in the second period but uh really you look at the last almost last 10 minutes the jackets don't get a shot on goal and uh, you know you're not gonna uh, i actually do believe their last on goal came with 9:21 left in the game you're not gonna win many hockey games when you're losing if you don't shoot the puck in the last nine and a half minutes of a hockey game and those are the moments that you really hope that this team has i mean it's proven to you that they can find a way but they don't and they similarly don't find a way on sunday and um Basically, just losing one of the Senators in a pretty like pedestrian game. Like, there's not really much to this. Like, I mean, there isn't. There isn't. Like, there's nothing new to discuss. Like, there's nothing like brand new no, about this situation. It,
1: yeah, and I think I mean I think a lot can be said for you know Lars's post game comments after yesterday's game you know there's at this point we have no right in saying any team is bad in the nhl against us like at this point it's things are things it doesn't matter when you play the columbus blue jackets like so there's no there's no point in saying like it's the ottawa senators like we should have won like but this was a game that was just like entirely weirdly frustrating because it was With the exception of Sean Crowley's goal, which was, you know, pretty spirited and, like, a really good moment for Sean. um, The rest of the game was, like, pretty low energy and entirely goalies. Like, because I don't know, like, and I'll, (laughs) I told Jeremy, I was like, this is, this is how terrible this was. I thoroughly enjoy watching hockey on television. Like, because I I like having the commentary. I like being able to see regularly, like everything, all the angles, whatnot. But this was the kind of game where 10 minutes into the third period, I fell asleep on the couch and only woke up at the end of the third period because the goal horn or the end of the period horn sounded. And I thought we scored. And so I was like, oh, only to find out that we have lost the game. Like, and did not make any effort in that last 10 minutes to at least try and tie it? Like, but Anton Forsberg, the goalie for the Ottawa Senators, I don't know what was in his Wheaties before he came out onto the ice yesterday, but he was just like having none of it with the blue jackets like it was he, revenge. Was, he had
0: revenge in his weedies
1: well i don't re- how long ago was he a blue jacket doesn't matter i think because it, think it, it has traded- to have been before i was a fan because i don't remember him well he was a
0: prospect at the time i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure he got traded with Brandon Saad for Artemi Panarin. I'm pretty sure he was involved in that trade, but I could. Yeah, run. that was before. That was before I. It could have even been further than that. It could have even been when we got Brandon Saad. Like it could have been like Marco Dano, Anton Forthberg. I Keep talking. I will be looking because now I'm gotcha. curious.
1: Because he, I mean, you know, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big goalie fan. I, I love myself a goalie. Um, And Elvis had some, Elvis had some really great saves yesterday um, as Elvis does in his, in his baby blue pads. But Forsberg was just absolutely like, I think I've probably asked you this before, but there's a basketball player that like classically like Matembe Matem, is that what his name is? Help me.
0: I know where you're going. Like, no, 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 not today. Like, I know yeah. where you're going. Like, <laughs> like Jimmy tumbo
1: Yes, who, like, classically, like, stops shots and, like, slams things down. And for, I mean, that's just truly what happened. Like, every single shot that we took, with the exception of Sean Corrales' goal, he just either snapped it in his glove or, like, they're just it was not our day. It was not our day with him. And it really had, it really had nothing to do with the other players on the ice. Like when I legitimately tell you that there was nothing of like true, like skill level from either team yesterday of, of the general skaters of the forwards and the defensemen, there was nothing of true prowess or like things to write home about. It was truly goaltending, and
0: yeah, I mean both teams, both teams. I mean, like both goaltenders saved well above what they were expected to. I mean, Anton Forsberg, of course, The Jackets actually had a three point five five goals ex- goals expected. I mean, like they actually like had their opportunities, and Elvis also saved point uh, eight four above. I mean, it's just both both goalies were pretty solid. It seems like.
1: And so it is one of those, you know, one of those situations where, and I think uh, Jody and Jeff said it too, like, you know, kind of nobody knows it be- better than us how important goaltending is to a, to a game and to a team. And, you know, yeah, it was just the battle of wits with goaltending yesterday. And it was a bummer. It was a bummer because, you know, in a such a close, close game, you know, because there were no goals in the third period, like this, this game was won in the second period. So there was a lot of time just spent seeing if anyone else would get a goal. Um, and again, it's it's hard to have a second loss in a row at home. Um, and especially, if, you know, I'm sure for the fans that that aren't as aware, you know, Ottawa has been struggling um, a lot this season. And so you kind of want us to take advantage of that. But again, we have no right to say anything about any other team's performance other than Florida because they murdered us. But like, we've also proven ourselves in weirder ways. We swept Colorado. We shut out Carolina like, but we've also lost massively in or not massively, but incredibly unexpectedly to other teams. So, like, we really can't say anything. But... So, yeah, it was kind of just... Just a bummer. Again, not really a bummer. Just, like, weird. Weird Correct. and disappointing. I
0: think but, if we continue to, like... Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I wasn't really going to say anything other than repeating essentially what I just said. <laughs> I feel we like I do that a lot. So my apologies to all humans. Um, no, I
0: think, you know, what? actually, like, somewhat on that vein, like, somewhat on, the, like, the repetition vein, like, I think, like, our, our listenership is just going to start tanking if we keep recapping games. Because I think this is how – what game was that? That was game number 39 that we played. So we've got another 43. I'll go on record and say this is how every single game is going to go from here on out. Like, every single game is going to be a game where it's, like, Oh, we had our opportunities, we didn't take advantage of them, and we we found ways to lose games. We miraculously beat teams that we had no idea we were going to beat. Like, that's what this season's going to be. Like, this season is going to be predictably unpredictable, if that makes any sense. Like, we're going to win games that nobody thinks we're going, like, we should. We're going to lose games that nobody thinks we should. We're going to look really good in moments where we lose games. We're going to look really shitty in games where we find a way to win one because Elvis just goes on a tear. I mean, it's just like... And by the end of the year, we'll look at the calendar. We'll probably be between 23 and 27 in the standings. And that'll be how this goes. Like, and that's like, I think again, like it's reframing the perspective of the season, right? Like it's no longer going into a game and thinking, oh, we should be Ottawa, which we probably should have because they're really bad this year. And I mean like that, like. In like even in comparison to where the Blue Jackets are, like the Blue Jackets are objectively a better hockey team than the Ottawa Senators are right now, um, and so it's just it's frustrating. And the season, the rest of the season is going to be frustrating. But if you're a true fan, like you're going to sit through it, you're going to get through it, and it's going to be a good time. You're going to find ways, and you're going to find little things in the season to enjoy. But what you're probably not enjoying too much is us saying this over and over again. And I got news for you, folks gonna have to do it about 43 more of them (laughs) because i don't think it's gonna change i don't think it's changing anytime soon actually i argue that it might even get worse after march when the team makes a decision probably to sell on people like it's just gonna like
1: well and yeah i mean you're correct and 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 we are gonna do our best to keep this because obviously we don't want listener to go away but um you know we're gonna do our best to keep the conversation moving and f- helping people to find those things to focus on in this circumstance, you know, cause as we've said, rebuilding and you've got to find those moments and those things. And, um, you know, we're going to keep talking about prospects and we're going to keep talking about my, I, you know, I find it hilarious that uh, Jody Shelley tell calls the trade deadline like Jeff Rummer's Christmas, where like for me it's like the literal worst time of my life most years. Um, because it I hate it so much. But, you know, so we're gonna be talking about the trade deadline. We're gonna be talking about um, you know, the Blue Jackets perspective players that are gonna be representing um our franchise in the the Olympics. Like, you know, so we're gonna find these moments and we're gonna hopefully find some things within the team that, like, we can really, really build upon, and those things are there. It's just hard to see in these, in these weeks when games are not going our way, and, um, you know, it's just kind of an off-kilter, and off-kilter week, but, so, yeah, so, so nothing, and again, it's just, it's not like they played terribly, on Friday, yes, you know Sunday was just a goaltender showdown, um, and we've got a couple interesting, you know, teams coming up this week that we haven't. Um, well, we've seen the Rangers, but we have not seen Calgary yet. Um, this season, right? We haven't played Calgary yet. No, yeah,
0: we were supposed to, but that's one of the games that got postponed.
1: Yes. So the Blue Actually, Jackets will face off against one. Yes, it was the first one. Because of oh, the COVID. Maybe it's first postponed, Matt. Um, but yeah, so the Blue Jackets will face off against Calgary on Wednesday at home and then immediately um, at home again versus the Rangers. Well don't get too and... far into this
0: because you were talking about people who've had bad weeks. And we can't go past that. We can't go past people who have had bad weeks because we need to talk about somebody who had a good week. Are we doing stars? No, 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 we're not doing stars. But we're going to talk about my Cincinnati Bengals who found a way to win the divisional round playoff matchup Uh, against none other, I don't know why I say it like that, than the Tennessee Titans. And there's nothing really better than this, really, because, of course... You know, if you're like me, you're a Bengals fan. You're going to be watching this weekend anyway. But um, I got something that might might be able to get you a little bit excited if your teams aren't in there. If you're a Brown fan listening or something like that, like um, because four teams are are remaining in the NFL playoffs, and that only means there are four teams left for you to bet on. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. If you bet just $5, you're going to get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's a one in four chance. One in four. Um, Not a new customer, you can experience the conference championships. Still can't even believe conference championships Cincinnati Bengals with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Maybe you want to bet on how much Joe Burr is going to throw for. Maybe he's throwing all those to Joe on a chase, so you're racking up different yards there too. Bet y'all didn't know you were listening to an NFL football podcast, but you are. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet to $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I can't believe you almost let me not talk about Joe Burr on the podcast.
1: I'm sorry. You know, football's hard for me to follow. There's lot of ice in it.
0: I know, but we get. I mean, depends on where you're watching the football because
1: that is true. That is true. Um, but no, very, very exciting things for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you know, we can only hope. Who Oh, I thought you were. I, I thought I said something wrong for a second, and I was like, "Who <laughs> It's a response to that.
0: <laughs> Who do they think gonna beat them Bengals?
1: Oh,
0: nobody. Come on, Laura.
1: Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I'm here to teach you. <laughs> but no, very exciting. We can only, you know, hope and wait for the day that the Blue Jackets are having, you know, this moment for themselves. But you know, and I like 31- thought about
0: that. I thought about that. Right? Like I was like doing that thing that I do when I shower, thinking. <laughs> And it was just like, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Then there are four left. And one of them is like the team that you root for that I root for.
1: And Mm -hmm. it's like,
0: I've never experienced that in any setting. Like, of course, like being from Columbus, Ohio state, sure. Like, which sounds actually very dismissive. Having watched the, the, the hometown team win two championships in my lifetime is crazy. But like, professionally like my sports life has been damned like it's been it's been dreadful like between the Bengals, the obviously the blue jackets the reds i mean it's just all bad all bad and so wow you are a crew fan though i am that's true i have had a lot of love in the crew they they usually pull one out for me every now and again, but it's just like wow, like it's been so bad and so <laughs> to be a laughing stock and then not be, and it just made me think about like you like what you said like I can't even imagine what Blue Jackets fan are gonna, fans are gonna be like. It's been so fun to watch, Bengals fans like the diehards like get excited for this, and I can only imagine one day we're in the conference championship round and just just thinking about the way that everybody's gonna react to it. It's just gonna be nuts.
1: Yeah, I mean, getting to be there when they won. I know I always tell people that we aren't aren't going to – you're supposed to talk about the Tampa series as your favorite thing, but, like, getting to be there the day that we won the first ever – you know, we won the first ever playoff round in Blue Jackets. That's because first. it's, like,
0: the easy number one answer. You, that- when I when we ask that question on the podcast we're really asking what everybody's second favorite blue jacket moment is because we all know the first and that's okay
1: yeah but no and like seeing that um and now that we cut kind of, we now that we know the people that like' were very integral in the things that went into those games um like you gotta wonder how much dust they had to shake off that banner that said second round um. And, like, <laughs> where they're storing the, like, third and fourth round banners at. Um, you know. And does someone check on them every once in a while? Like, just to make sure. Um, but, yeah. And this is a big moment for the Bengals. We have fr- You know, you are a big Bengals. You and your dad's fa- our dad are Bengals fans. But we've got some other friends that are super big Bengals fans. And so, as someone who's learning about these like sports accomplishments and having a few experiences of her own here and there. Like I can definitely see the, you know, this could potentially be a really big, really big, big moment for Cincinnati and for Ohio and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So exciting times for football fans. Oh gosh, it
0: really is. I, I cannot even tell you how excited I am about it, but, uh, I'm also excited for the Blue Jackets to play Calgary and New York. I'm actually not excited for them to play either of those teams. <laughs> I excited. mean,
1: I, I just, you know, it, I'm ex- I, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to see how – it's going to be interesting to see how they take certain things that, you know, Lars has spoken about, um, what the press has started speaking about in regards to the team – Um, Patrick Line is back in the sort of topic of conversation for a lot of different hockey people as, um, his play has declined. And, you know, I read a, a pretty poignant piece today about it and understanding sort of in a time, in a time like this that we've been in for the last couple of years. and experiencing um experiencing you losing a parent and then seeing as you know patrick is going through this experience of losing his father and trying to continue to to play the sport that he loves and really struggling like this is this is a human inter- in human interest story, truly, of just how grief and how it manifests in, in many different ways and you know how he's going to rebound and how the people around him are, are gonna hopefully support him. And you know, Lars was very clear in the fact that like he's not afraid to get into the uncomfortable bits. And into the hard bits with Patrick because he believes, you know, he believes that Patrick can rebound from this. And I hope that he does. I hope that he he does. I hope that he's getting what he needs off the ice as much as on the ice for everything that he's going through. And it's going to be an interesting and interesting next few months because obviously Patrick has also reappeared on a bunch of different people's potential trade deadline lists. Um, you know, as a, as a potential piece that we move, um, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. But, um, so yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see how the team responds to some of these things. And, you know, Calgary, I don't even know what they're.
0: Well, I was going to say, we're talking about Calgary. They're one of the best teams in the Pacific and they just beat the St. Louis Blues 7 to 1 tonight. So that's going to be a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the Rangers are now the number 1 team in the Metropolitan. So it's going to be a hard a hard week, I think. Um but you know what's going to make it a little bit easier? is a super fun promotion that the team is doing this week um, for Wednesdays and Thursdays games. Um, So fifth line, if you're coming to see either the Calgary game or the Rangers game, try to be some of those first few fans through the doors um, on, on those dates and you will get yourself some free fun dip that is right the team is officially partnered um, with the company who uh created fundip and will be offering it up to fans um to hopefully get a little bit of fun dip squad luck and at least a little bit of a sugar buzz going before these two uh potentially difficult matchups um this week and we can't talk about it a too much right now, but we will be doing something a little extra fun with Fun Dip later on this week as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And I should say I'll be doing it and Jeremy will be um, hype hype manning me um, from Michigan. So it's going to be a great time. Oh, I'm muted. Everybody
0: missed my little singing voice. That I just, yeah, I was like,
1: did I? I suddenly had a weird like, is my computer broken? Did I go deaf? Like,
0: <laughs> no, no, no I'm singing. You're we not already said too much, but that's okay. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think those are the kind of things you look forward to, right? Like the fun little things that are going to be happening in between, and of course that'll be fun. And again, it's always fun to watch. The Jackets play a team like New York. I mean, it'll be a good game. New York's really, really good. It'll be interesting to watch all the Blue Jackets fans boo Artemi Panarin for them, him to then score five goals and three assists. And uh, I I think that probably you should, um, I think probably you should start Artemi Panarin on your fantasy team that day.
1: I've already set my roster. I'm not benching him because I made that mistake the last time. And You know, I will take it either way. If he does terribly, that's fine. But if he does well, then hooray my fantasy team. Because right now I am number one, not only in my division of our fantasy team, but in the entire league for our fantasy group. I took a screenshot because it'll probably never happen again. I'm
0: telling you what, though.
1: Kelly's gonna win win on our my league.
0: Parade. Kelly is going to win our league.
1: And that's fine. But don't rain on my parade right now.
0: I mean, if you look at the point totals for like points that people have forced.
1: Sometimes your analytics corner ruins my fun.
0: But here's the other thing too, right? And this is not like I'm not coming for you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is him coming for me. He just can't. He just can't let me have it. It's There's a time. lot of luck.
0: There is a lot of luck associated with this because everybody else in our league has gotten scored on over a thousand points, and by some grace of God, people just suck when they play you, and have only put like scored eight hundred ninety eight points against you.
1: I can't. Whereas help like, if for I'm me, you. like it's Magical. been thousand ninety one.
0: The person who's gotten scored on the most is Dina. Because you can't control how much somebody else scores on you, so you just like run into hot teams at the right time or not, and it's just all bad. So you better just stay hot, girl. You better just help people people keep taking the L.
1: Well, I need Dougie Hamilton to just suck it up and play with a wired shut jaw. So
0: that's probably not incorrect.
1: So that he can come back and start giving me some points on my fantasy team, but I was perplexed by last week. I don't know why I did so well last week, but that was probably one of my highest point weeks ever. Um, Kelly got 40 more. Will you stop raining on my parade? (laughs) Like, just let me have this. I know it hurts you because I am beating you.
0: It does. It does. But
1: you just got to let me have it. I'm always happy for you when you're winning.
0: Hey, you say that now. Wait until I beat you, and then let's see how happy you are.
1: It's okay. I'll just wait until you forget to set your roster, and then I'll still win. When I tell you that I
0: set my roster twice this week, and I don't know if it was because I was traveling or what happened and, like, Wi-Fi was bad, but it just didn't save. (laughs) So this is a formal notice to everybody at ESPN. Also, big game talk from the woman who didn't set her roster today, and that's why you're losing.
1: Are we having a fight?
0: On air, yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> but, again, two good games coming up for the Jaguars back-to-back. It will be interesting. My prediction, I mean, actually, really, it doesn't matter who goes when. Um, I almost think the Elvis, I don't know. What do you think? Who do you think is going to start Wednesday?
1: Uh I wish we didn't have back. I always hate to I always hate, de- I always hate determining back to backs because like it just for some reason it never makes any sense what we decided to do with back to back games. Um
0: So what would you do and then pick the opposite?
1: <laughs> right. I mean I don't know because it's also like both teams are so good. That, like, you kind of want the same goalie to do both games because you want that consistency because they both thrive off off. consistency.
0: Yeah, this is you saying that you don't trust Giannis Corbusillo anymore. I can hear it.
1: That is not what I'm saying. Elvis struggles as well with, like, inconsistent play. And I have said that before.
0: I'm I'm choosing to hear... Like,
1: and this is where, I and mean, this is where I, this is where I just turn to profit from you making fun of me for how much I like Elvis. And no, we're just gonna I, make a shirt that says, "I'm a homer for Elvis." Or no, no, it's
0: not even that. It's not even that, Laura. I just, I don't trust Dennis Garofalo anymore. Like, I, like, so, like, I'll own it. Like, I'll say it. Like, he's been bad this year, Laura. Like, he's been not good. And so, like, for me, like, I
1: mean, I'm not gonna say I was not disappointed that they didn't start him or against Pittsburgh, like, I think that that game could have potentially gone a lot differently. I, I don't know if we still would have... I don't know if we would have won or if we would have tied or anything, but, like, I just feel like some of the the um, goals that Corby missed on, on Friday would have been saved by Elvis. And, I mean, it's just
0: right the thing that we're just blessed by at this point is that is that you know there's still some some name recognition with Giannis Corposalo in terms of like you know his record breaking performance in in the playoffs against Tampa Bay um just in terms of of being somebody who's been in the NHL for a while and so in some ways like you're benefiting off of that when you consider like trade value and things like that but it's it's been not great. It's been really not great in terms of of his play this year, and really like goaltending as a whole like hasn't hasn't been great. Like if I'm being honest, Jonas Korbasalo and goaltenders um, across the league that have played 15 games is um, is currently second to last, behind only Philip Grubauer in goals allowed better than I expected. So he like has missed more saves than he should have that, you know, what I'm saying Um, now in terms of wins above replacement. um, Yeah, he's fifth from the bottom. So, I mean, it's just not, it's just not great. And I mean, obviously, like I said, like Elvis is a little bit better. Like Elvis is at least in the positives on both of those stats, but it's just
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) in, in, and it's, we've talked about it to death of the, the things that Corby's been through, you know, this season. But, you know, I think in, in trying to, it's, it's about finding that balance between what we do in order to keep his, keep his trade value versus what we do to keep the team from, you know, for a team that relies on goaltending as much as we do and wants to sort of have the um, not entirely implode the morale of the people who play on this team. Like we're going to have to win a game here or there. So like, and especially in a big week like this, if it were me and it will never be me making this decision, but I would put Elvis in for both games. And I would let I would let Elvis play both games, and even if he doesn't, even if he falters a bit with calgary, he'd he'd be ready to go and make up for it against New York on Thursday. So because that's just how he is. But you know, it's just again, a lot of those nitty gritty pieces that are gonna determine a lot of things over the course of the rest of the season for the blue jackets. So it's going to be fun to watch, but that would be, that would be my opinion is to put Elvis in net for both nights and, you know, see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Mine as well. Um, I won't call you an Elvis Homer here because you're right. Like, I mean, on on unblocked shots on goal. 881 save percentage. It's the worst in the league of goaltenders that have played 15 games. And so if you want to win games, <laughs> there's well, one goaltender I to, that's done that for you consistently.
1: I think to give us a fighting chance too, you you got to go with whoever has been the most consistent. And the one who's proven in at least a majority of circumstances To be able to rise to the occasion, I'm not saying that he's going to, like, you know, be the savior, end all, be all in our current circumstance because goaltending is not saving the situation. Goaltending is keeping us from completely turning into like a floating trash pile. But, (laughs) you know, you're gonna, we just need some things here or there, and, like, Elvis is definitely providing those. So, he may not win the fucking Vesna this year, but, you know, he does do a lot, and if we're gonna at least give ourselves a fighting chance these next two games against two very good teams, I think Elvis is the safest bet, and Hopefully, I mean, we got Gavrikov and Cole Sillinger off of um, COVID protocol and Adam Boquist was was skating today. So my assumption is that he will be um, good to go by Wednesday and we can have a, a, a more solid-looking defensive lineup. So...
0: That's the hope, at least, because it's been it's been piecemeal a little bit here and there. But naturally, the Jackets are going to win both of these games and shut out one of them, and, and Corby's going to get a shutout because we just are – this is the, the hockey that we covered this year. So, <laughs> um, But the good news for you all is that when we're talking about hockey and when we're having all the fun um, – you no, know, actually, wait. No, I want to say something about this real quick before we sign off. It's already been an hour, and I don't want to take too much time on it because I know us and we'll talk for another 45 minutes about it. Um, but I do want to say a couple of things about um, this last weekend in terms of just, like, blatant racist bigotry happening on the ice and, like, being called out and, like, people eating, <laughs> eating knuckles for it. It's just, like um, – you know, as folks know, if they're listening to this show, like multiple cases of um, racist on-ice incidences taking place across hockey, whether that be in the AHL and the ECHL. Um, you know, one of which you know happened went undetected except for by somebody on the bench, and like afterward, the AHL reviews it and is able to to suspend the player for thirty games. Uh, But then in the ECHL players suspended indefinitely for making a gesture that um, was racist in nature toward uh, PK Subban's brother. And it's just, it's just like wild to me. Like this is where we're at in 2022. And I guess it's not wild to me. Like that's a very whitewash perspective of it, but it's just like, my God, like it's just so infuriating. What infuriating. And and for me, just like thinking about it and just thinking about where you like continue to think that you're making progress, but then for that to happen twice in one week. And, you know, thankfully people getting called out for it, people being held responsible for it, but it's just still so frustrating when you sit in the seats that we do of people who care a lot about increasing equity in the sport. Um, but then on the flip of that, um, you know, Emily on Gay, like, is hired as a female assistant general manager for the Vancouver Canucks as well this week. So I mean obviously on one hand hockey not on one hand on both hands hockey has to keep growing um but at least at least it is nice to know that in, in some ways we are seeing progress um and at least that the people who are not choosing to progress are being held responsible for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I 100% um it was it was heartbreaking to have to watch you know Brian and John Luke talk about it um on last night's uh broadcast and that we're again this is a very whitewashed situation to say, but that we we are still dealing with this in 2022 that the week that every team across the league honored Willie O'Ree you know, for breaking all the, all this ground and all these ceilings for black players in the NHL. And then to have just such, and these aren't, these aren't minor things. These are blatant acts of racism and bigotry um, that occurred. And, you know, it is a lot of, (laughs) <laughs> a lot of ignorant white people coming to defense of these players who are are getting held accountable for their actions. and um and I'm sorry, but i I don't you know, the one released a a, a pretty pretty uh horrendous ap- w- apology um that was a basically just a bunch of excuses to try and, save any sort of semblance of his career. Um, But if any, any team is smart, he will never touch the ice again in any sort of professional manner um, after what he did. Um, But there's, there's just absolutely no, there's no place in this league, in this sport on any level for this kind of behavior. And, you know, the NHL Itself, you know, it's fine and dandy to to release a statement and say that, you know, we don't have, but until they really, really start taking action and, you know, really start doing the work with, um, I don't know, I, w- I would start with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, the the actual organization that is made up of players in this league, notable players not that it would matter if they were notable or not but notable high level players of color who are actively doing the work to try and make this league a better um and more inclusive inclusive place like until the NHL you know owns up and really starts working with its own players we're going to keep having situations like this so you know, like Jeremy said, we 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 do not stand for anything like that. We hope that people feel that we are a safe place and a that we are you know growing a safe community where people, hockey fans of, regardless of race, sexual orientation, creed, any sort of thing, can feel comfortable to be a part of this this organization. And you know, we can all enact um, some change to make the sport that we love a better, a better situation.
0: Without a doubt. And you can always keep up to date with the ways that we're trying to do that. Of course we have other things in mind and, and obviously like even outside of the podcast, we're hoping to get some things rolling to again, continue to try to advance the game on and off the ice and y'all can follow along. Um, Laura, if you want to give a quick little plug to our social media um, so we can wrap this one up.
1: Absolutely. Like, you know, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at SubjectivelySpeaking. We do have a website at Um, Again, we're, we're, we've got some things coming up with the merch store. But if you want to purchase some merch, uh, support us, help us do more things um, in this community um, through this platform, um, we do try any money that we, we make from this, these efforts, we do try and work that back into to other things that are helping the community and helping us grow these opportunities. You can visit our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. Um, and lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Again, you now can rate and review on Spotify, Um, And if you haven't already and you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please scroll on down um, and give us that five-star review. We're not releasing many of the goals that we have set for um, year two of the podcast, but we will say one of them is to get to 50 um, star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So you got basically 11 months and three weeks to get us to that point so help help your favorite hockey podcasters out and show us a little love because we definitely love and appreciate all of you um, and look forward to, to, to bringing you our sultry voices twice a week.
0: Sultry you say? <laughs> Alright well I guess I'll do my best impression Have a wonderful day everyone Thank you for listening to Subjectively Speaking, and until we can talk to you next time, take care, and we'll talk soon.